was the coconuts. There they are all standing in a row. Big one, small one, some as big as your head. Give them a twist, flick of the wrist. That's what the showman said. Ah! <laughs> oh, who, who's there? Daniel's here. Tim's here too. Oh, it's, it's Joe. Joe? What happened to your voice? Joe, what happened to your voice? The demon in his infinite wisdom used me as a cursed test subject again. This time, with verbosity, he's clearly not a blue mage. Well, let's be glad about that, huh? So, what brings you guys here? I have no idea. Huh. Well, I'd offer you all a game of Commander, but I don't think this lighting situation is going to really work for that. Nor will my plans for you. Oh, <laughs> Today, you're doing... A Q&A podcast. Apparently, there are people out there who give a flying fungus about you. Here, read this. Uh, how am I supposed to read anything in this dark? Ooh, glowy fireworks. That's cool. Yes, yes, it's cool, but read it before it burns out. Oh, yeah, okay. <clears throat> Today, we're answering questions from the very patrons that keep our lights on. We will get to as many questions as we can, but we might have to save some for a future episode. If you want to ask your own questions and reveal revel, reveal revel in the rest of the fun, join us at patreon.com slash janklord. Now let's get started. Exclamation point. First question up. We're gonna we're gonna go to we're going to go to whoever wants to answer it, but it's to Joe. Uh, does Joe still subsist solely on magic cards? And do the old ones still hold up to having the best taste? Uh, my diet has improved to include card sleeves of the uh, Ultra Pro and Dragon Shield variety. And both of those taste great. Additionally, old card stock uh, is way better. Um, the inks on new cardstock don't taste as good. Uh, they don't leave the same staining on my lips. So, yeah. You gotta get that definitely, staining. Yeah, I definitely, uh, increased my, my, uh, diet. I've, he I've heard that the new cardstock gets stuck between the teeth pretty easily. It does, yeah. Yes. That's pretty, uh, pretty gross. It's in a, it's not very good especially since the demon does not provide us with toothpicks or dental floss he gives us barbed wire and um i think it's like a spear a glaive sweet sona witherbloom professor thank you for your question that was awesome the next question comes from infamous fridge uh what was the idea behind the 79 cents being the maximum for a card uh, so, this I feel is like kind of that a was, weird story. That was kind of all stemming from uh, when we, we kind of came up with the whole idea of Quest for the Jank Lord in general. was just I was getting really sick of everybody having better cards than me. <laughs> because you started at a later time, right? I, yeah, I think besides the Wheelmaster, I suppose, I was the latest to join. And everybody oh, yeah. always just kicked my just butt. Does the Wheelmaster even know how to play Magic? That's, I didn't know if that... That's a good question, actually. Yeah. Maybe someday we'll find out. Yeah. <laughs> maybe. So, maybe. So, yeah, basically, so, we, yeah. we just kind of tried to find some sort of some sort of price that um, nothing was overpowered and we could uh, we could all make decks pretty easily and then have a very consistent, at least somewhat consistent, um, power level. 
when we first started thinking about it, we were like 99 cents or a dollar was a good cutoff. But when we started looking at all the cards, it seemed like there's there's stuff that was maybe just a little bit too good in there. And we just wanted it to keep it a little jankier than that. So we, we reduced it down to 79 cents. <laughs> I think, the funds, the 80 I think cent the idea, the 79 cents we, we settled on too because there's, at the time, there was this weird cutoff where cards got exponentially better at 80 cents. And so just as a, an extra limiting factor, we took it down a penny because that's where all the jank existed. Uh, I think that's exactly right. When we were yeah. looking at all the, the goldfish prices, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's the story behind that. That's pretty pretty sick. This next question comes from Ways of Sorting. Why doesn't the Wheelmaster wear red? Ooh, I, I, I do know the answer to this one. So I think Ways of Sorting is thinking about the Wheel of Fortune artwork in which the Wheelmaster is wearing red. Um, but if you look up the Wheel of Fate artwork by Kev Walker, you'll notice that that's the wheel and kind of um, uh, vibe of the Wheelmaster that we kind of base the look off of. And it's, it's kind of discolored, but um, I don't know. That That's, that's I think, why, but Wheelmaster... Can we summon the Wheelmaster? Is the... Oh, he's already here. Oh, what? Are, you, are you listening to us? Orshkobordogarostorgo? <laughs> I always hate that. Understand? So, uh, I mean, I can't, I can't see the subtitles, so I don't really know what he's saying. I I don't either. (laughs) Never mind. Well, see, uh, (laughs) yeah, Wheel of Fate. That's the card. uh, That's the card. Yep, that's the one. Not Wheel of Fortune. The The cartoonized version of our Wheelmaster. Yeah, ours ours is a little bit more rundown looking. The Wheel of Fortune card is a little too pristine for our Wheelmaster. <laughs> yeah, get that out of here. That was a Plus, picture of him many many years ago. Kind of looks like he's coming healthy. coming home from like a Christmas party or something. <laughs> Who wears red like that? <laughs> Not our Wheelmaster. No. Um. So Elijah Horman has our next question. What are y'all's pet cards? Maybe we could just go down the line. Danny? Yeah, I do know. I got to remember what it's called in the moment. It it, it is the the first one that comes to mind. I always want to put it in a deck, but I don't often find room for it, is the Combustible Gear Hulk. For some reason, I just love that card. Uh, Nice. That is very you. Four red red. It's a 6-6 artifact creature. It's got first strike. When it enters the battlefield, target opponent may have you draw three cards. If they don't, I mill three cards, and then it deals damage to that player equal to the CMC of those cards. Mana value, sorry. Um, I just Mana love value. it. It's kind of that... Get your terminology yeah, right. Yeah, it's like this weird um, chaos kind of feeling a little bit. Or uh, It's a little like, ooh, what's going to happen? Yeah, yeah, there's some drama ooh. to it, even though it never pans out. <laughs> the drama, the drama. Yeah. Uh, that's awesome. I remember when I, I never really played standard but i remember when kaladesh was out i was i built a deck that was just that um there was there's like a white card that lets you take an artifact from your graveyard to the battlefield oh yeah for four mana yeah so refurbish so i just like i had a deck that was that was just that basically (laughs) nice that's the best (laughs) (laughs) that combustible gear hulk might be in our budget now it's like been it has been reprinted yeah. I hope so. Yeah. Well, it'll make an appearance then if it is. Yeah. My favorite, like my pet card is also an artifact, but it doesn't really fit in many places. Mm. Um, it's Birthing Pod. Ooh. And yeah. ever since Birthing Pod was released, I've just, I've been obsessed with it. I've built multiple decks based around Birthing Pod in standard, in modern, kitchen tabletop and one of my favorite decks uh commander decks is vanifar which is Mm. basically birthing pot on a stick and i also put birthing pot in there (laughs) because why wouldn't you i love it uh i will say for me my favorite pet card 
is currently banned in like every format, and that is Primeval Titan. Uh, it was yes. one of the first mythics that I ever interacted with, and I thought, this is so sweet, go get a couple lands. That's one of my favorite things to do, is go look for lands. And uh, John and I played Modern for a while, and I had a deck where I just tried to get uh, Primeval Titan and then some Ultrazi out on the field as fast as possible. It was it was a decent deck. It wasn't great. When it happened, but, uh, it happened. Yes, yes. That was and, the thing about that. And uh, even in a really uh, dumpy shell, Primetime was so good. And I'm very sad. I think his power level is not as great as it used to be. Uh, but still lands on attack and on ETB the battlefield is a very powerful effect. So I get why it's banned in my favorite format, but uh, it makes me very sad. <laughs> but it makes I don't know if I, I don't, <laughs> I don't know if I necessarily have a pet card. Can you guys think of any that of I have your pets? I don't, I don't like know. the last card that I got really obsessed with was the mystic reflection instant. I oh, built yeah. a couple of decks around that one where you you so you choose target non-legendary creature the next time one or more creatures or planeswalkers enter the battlefield this turn they enter as copies of the chosen creature and I I just every deck that I built I just wanted it to have a ton of token generation there so that I could just abuse the crap out of this <laughs> <laughs> But oh, are you you're talking on arena No 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 not an arena no. my last few commander decks that I've designed. One of them was based literally just on this card and it was filled with a bunch of tutors to get it. <laughs> oh, nice. <clears throat> I w- <laughs> That's like, so we, we just haven't played in so long. Yeah. Yeah, I think ah. I think Daniel saw it and I, I think did. I actually won the I, first. You did, yeah. I haven't lost with the deck yet, actually, which is really surprising because I built it and I was like, this is so janky, it's never going to work. But <laughs> it works. <laughs> That's awesome. I always win my first game with a new deck and then it and then it's just nothing after that ever. It's because it's usually too good, so then we target you. <laughs> is that, that's actually, what it is. Actually you guys did play it before. I don't know if it went off though. It was the Sika the World Bridge deck. Oh, you did play that. Dude, yeah. yeah, you you yeah, I don't think it went off. My my Asika deck looked like trash compared to yours. <laughs> you were doing so much better with like upkeep triggers and you were just abusing the living daylights out of Asika. And I was like playing shrines or something. <laughs> I don't know what I was trying to do. Yeah. <laughs> Legendaries. That's cool. Well, yeah, pet cards. There's, I mean, I could list off like 20 of them, honestly, but the one that I'll, yeah always sticks is that so the next question comes from mr bannon he says how hard would it be to hug brea and i i don't think i want to try to know yeah i could wager a guess i mean uh (laughs) it wouldn't be hard to hug her but it certainly would hurt but I imagine she's uh, quite sad that her hugging abilities have been robbed from her in her quest for perfection. I I have a feeling that she's okay with it. Maybe. I think so, too. <laughs> uh. I mean, I I remember the last few times we played against your Brea Jack Don, or John, I, I definitely did not want to hug Brea, so. Yeah, she was not huggable in those moments not as a deck and not as a character um next question comes from ryan coon this one is probably mostly directed towards daniel as he is our master and commander here in the production world so ryan coon says what goes into making an episode for quest quest for the jank yes uh, well, I'll, I'll keep it short and sweet, but it's kind of like a two-pronged approach where we've got the game side of it, and then we've got the narrative side of it. So before COVID, which so the Age of Isolation stuff is kind of its own uh, creature, but it was always like we would plan the game, right? Build our decks, do all that stuff. And then I would write the narrative portion of it, 
but I would need to leave some of it unwritten because we would need to see who won the game. So that would kind of, you know, change the outcome of the story a little bit. Um, so yeah, they're they're always kind of like in production in tandem. Um, but yeah, so there's uh, writing and editing, I guess. Like it's it's just uh, it's a lot. I could go into detail later maybe it's a lot <laughs> like, i think that says it i think that lot. says it it's a lot yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah the amount of hours that you put into every episode is just crazy to me yeah it's it's, it's, it's a lot it's, of love it's a labor of love a lot of definitely love, a, lot of of love. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of hate <laughs> uh, no it's great i'm really excited to uh get into our new studio and play in person again oh my gosh that's gonna be a breath of fresh air yeah, that yeah, I can't wait for the new studio. It, it's just a shame that it's it's been such a long time in the making. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, for obvious reasons, mm -hmm. a little thing that happened last last year. You might might have heard of yeah. it. Um, yeah, lots of stuff goes into making an episode. That is that is the truth. Uh, Sona Witherbloom Professor has another question here. This one looks like it's directed towards the Wheelmaster. Um, will the Wheelmaster get to play in a future episode as part of a five-person pod? Yeah, there you go. Nice. Well put. Perfect. So, Very eloquent. Eloquent indeed, as always. Next question. Uh, this one comes from Sunset in a Cup. What is your favorite hidden gem of a card that is Jank Lord approved? Oof. I mean, that could be. I'm I'm now very skeptical that my card is Jank. Lord approve. <laughs> so I'm gonna look it up real quick, but I have an answer. What's the and answer? And then we'll and then we'll see if it's banned. It is very much in it is Lore Seeker Stone. Oh yeah. I love this card. It is the pinnacle of card draw in Jank. It does not get much better. It, so for those who don't know, it's six for a colorless artifact. You pay three and tap it to draw three cards, and this ability costs one more to activate for each card in your hand. And as the game goes on, if you're at six mana, this thing is almost like guaranteed to draw you at least three. And it is such an efficient piece of card draw that you really only need to tap it twice until you're back up to like full capacity and can draw into your other card draw spells. I love this card. What was that's the question? A, that's a good <laughs> janky card. Uh, it, what's your favorite hidden gem of a card? Yes, it's yes, Lord Seeker Stone. I cannot recommend it enough. It's such a good piece of card draw. It seems yeah. so inefficient, but it's very, very good. I'm having a hard time thinking of some, but the one that really popped out at me was, um, or like just kind of popped into my head was, uh, I think it's, oh no, I thought it was Curiosity, but it's not Curiosity. It's an enchantment. It's one blue. It Give, makes your creature unblockable and then whenever they attack you scry one what is that card it was in it was in my team or dragon deck and it did work but it's like it's one of those cards that looks so bad i mean it's an enchantment it's an aura enchantment mm -hmm. so you're automatically like oh well that's bad but just the value that it can generate in in like a sneaky ways just feels really good Especially on some commanders like Intet to the Dream. Oh. Nice. It's not Curiosity. What is that card? <laughs> is it the one that I killed you with uh, a couple weeks ago in the in that draft? In the Legends draft? I think draft? it might be. Um, uh, yeah, it is. Uh, we'll think of we'll it. We'll think of it. Uh, Scryfall. Anybody well, else? Um, uh, let's see. I, there's one that I, hidden um, hidden gem. Okay. So I'm trying to find, okay. I don't know if this is actually good, but I, I like didn't know about it until like a couple episodes ago. So like a year ago, <laughs> um, uh, 
It was uh, Thunderscape Familiar. It's a two drop. It's a one one Kavu. It's got first strike, which doesn't matter, but it's like black spells and green spells you play cost one less to play. So nice ramp on a little creature, which obviously isn't as good as an artifact, but in Janklord territory, those those two mana mana rocks are just like hard to come by. So it was that is a very efficient piece of acceleration yeah, so it's just a, for a Jank. Nice thing yeah. Here in black or well, you have to be in red and black or green. So that's one for me. Red, black, and green. Well, it's it's a red card, but it discounts black. Oh, and gotcha. Green cards. Yeah, gotcha. So you have to be John. Okay. The, yeah. Oh, that makes I sense. Had it yeah. In Alphagor, so um. Ah, that makes sense. Yeah. The uh, the little goblin. Is it Goblin Electromancer that makes your instants and sorceries oh, cost I, one less? Yes. I put that in every single red-blue deck that I make, nice. and it's always good. Yeah. So, yeah, that those one-mana reduction spells are sneaky powerful. Sneaky. Aqu- they can add up to a lot. Aqueous form. Aqu- oh, thank yeah. you. <laughs> thank you. Were you, like, looking for I it? I scryfalled it, yeah. Oh, nice. Scryfalled nice. the best. It is. Yes, it is. So the one I could think of that I just remember finding it when I was building basically any deck with more than, more colors than just white um, for mana fixing is uh, Celestial Dawn. And it was it's like a dollar now, so it's technically out of budget. But back when I found it, I was like, this this just seems insane. Like, it just fixes your mana. Like, how is this so cheap? It's kind of convoluted, though. Do you guys remember what? that one? No. How does it? Yeah, it like makes all <clears throat> everything white, right? Yeah. So it says lands you can tr- lands you control are planes, non-land cards you own that aren't in play, spells you control, and non-land permanents you control are white. So it basically, turns all of your lands into planes and all of your spells into oh, yeah. into white spells, and then you may spend white mana as though it were mana of any color, and you may spend other mana only as though it were colorless mana. Whoa. So you're turning all of your all of your lands turn into planes, which is white mana. That just fixes everything, right? Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. So it would just mean that like if you had a mana rock or like a um like a an elf that tapped for green or something. Right. Those would turn into colorless. colorless. Yep, but all your lands would be will be fixed. And I just thought that was right. for one and two white just seemed crazy for a jank card. Yeah. It looks like it has been printed uh, like three times. So it unfortunately is not jank, but it might, it probably was jank, I don't know, like a year ago, two years ago. Mm-hmm. That is a really good effect. I bet you're playing it made it popular Tim. oh that must have been it that must be it that's yeah. it and obviously i'll take that's the credit for that one i don't know if that can't if i got that out on the episode though i can't even remember what deck that was i remember you played it once i think it was on the episode well i remember playing it and you guys were just like what in the world is that <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Re- just one more time i don't get it <laughs> uh pet gem cards thank you thank you sunset in the cup for your great question uh socialist uh, a socialist hobgoblin has our next question here uh how many days are there between games and also slinvoda had kind of a sister to this question uh how longish in story has the gang been stuck so Daniel, our master of timelines, mm. how many days are between the games? Yes, uh, too many days in between the games. Uh, but the um, the Nether Realm is in a is in a time bubble. So what might be a year in the Nether Realm to us could be, but isn't necessarily like five minutes on Earth. Who can say? I can't. <laughs> so it's like a little Tafiri situation. It is, and it avoids all plot holes. Like sometimes yeah. it's a little sped up, and sometimes it's a yeah, little slow. Whatever down. the story needs, that's what it'll do. 
<laughs> there you go. Yeah. Whatever the story needs. Perfect. You sound like uh, Dan Harmon. Oh, good. <laughs> uh, nice. Thank you to both of you, Socialist Hobgoblin and Slin Voda. So next question, we're going to go to Jake the Snake. Yes, snakey snake. <laughs> How do you guys go about building jank decks? Oh, nice. I bet this one has four different answers. So I can start. Mine's pretty short and sweet. I look at what the commander is trying to do. And the first thing I decide is, am I going to try to lead on what the commander says? Or am I going to go in a different direction? In our first attempt at trying this format where we limited ourselves to a certain set of commanders that were all under 79 cents, uh, John got Dejeru of the Open Eyes as his commander. This was before we we filmed. started yeah. any Janklord. This was just like, hey, we want to try this as a group. And, uh, and Dejeru is six mana for, I think it's like a, a four, four, four. With Vigilance, and when it enters the battlefield, you can go search for Planeswalker. He tutors Planeswalkers. <laughs> in budget. This in budget decks. Way, way before uh, War of the Spark, where oh, right. Planeswalkers came out and had, you know, were at the uncommon level. The only Planeswalkers that existed at that time were Mythics. And even Tybalt, the lowest amongst Planeswalkers was too expensive to go in the deck. Plus he's red, so that didn't help. Even now, what what would what could you tutor? Teo? The Wanderer. Yeah. And the Wanderer. Yeah. I mean the Wanderer is decent, yeah. but <laughs> So in, in a roundabout way, that wasn't short at all. Um my process looks at the commander if I'm gonna go in that direction or a different direction. And then uh I kind of go the 8x8 eight eight route, where I take eight themes of the deck, like card draw, ramp, um, bleed effects if I'm in black-white, or uh, like landfall matters effects in green, whatever the deck is trying to do. I, I do the 8x8, eight eight and then try to fill out slots in that. And I'll come up with a list of like 20 cards that could go in each of the eight slots, and then... A lot will get weeded out by the fact that they do not fall within budget, and the rest are what makes it into the deck. That's that's my process, at least. That's a good yeah. process. I kind of do the same thing with the commander. Like, I see if, oh, is, is what they're doing really viable in jank or for what I'm doing? And, uh, and then I build from there. And usually what I do is I just go through scryfall and pick out like all the cards that kind of fit what my theme is for the deck and uh and i throw them together and then i look for weird little janky combos that i might be able to pull off and usually they don't usually i don't draw the cards <laughs> that were combos <laughs> except in the in the um zombies in my geese and geralt deck i had that little loop happening oh that's right that was yeah, one of my yeah. combos yeah that's my process i love that um yeah i um i definitely scryfall is my friend i like i actually love the process of like just searching via keyword or like certain texts that maybe you know obviously it either fits with the commander or if i'm trying to do something cheeky that's weird um I just love that part, but I usually end up with like 200 plus cards and then, you know, I'm mad at myself later because it's like. Because <laughs> now you yeah, have to weed all so those long. cool cards yeah. out. Yeah, yeah but it's really fun. Uh, side note, I listened to the um, the most recent Commander Sphere podcast and they talked about like commander types and it's it's like split into three groups. It's fascinating. I loved, loved it. It was basically Ooh. like this idea of like commanders as like either a leader where kind of like what Joe was saying, it's like a is this commander basically telling me what to do or is it a follower and that it can uh, kind of inform any type of strategy like um, Chulane or Golos or stuff like that where you can oh, kind of do sure. anything. And then there's like, I think the third category was like weirdos or something. So like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Jiro. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, so I thought that oh, was that's really cool. uh, insightful. Um, but yeah, Scryfall, I, it's just, I just go to town on Scryfall. 
yeah it is fun it's fun just like going into your colors putting the the price cap on yes. it and then just seeing what's available mm-hmm. so fun it makes me want to build the deck right now <laughs> right i didn't know you could do a price cap on scryfall that's annoying <laughs> I think you can. <laughs> Tim's been. I've been doing it. <laughs> yeah, you can. So you must. My be process able to. must be a lot slower than y'all's. <laughs> <laughs> what I what I end up doing is just kind of seeing. I I tend to try and find like one stupid little thing that it can do, and then just just narrowing in on it. Like like I have Padim sitting out in front of me right now. That was one of the decks that I've I've kept around, and just like oh, I I want to make. Padim get hexproof. That's pretty much the whole goal of the deck. But if it's not that, what I typically do is I'll I'll go on to EDH rec and just kind of get a feel for what different styles are because I'm not sometimes very good at seeing how a deck should actually run. And then I kind of just I have this app on my phone called Mana Box, and then I just use that and just do all sorts of keywords and just add them to a huge list, and then have to mm-hmm. figure out kind of what I want to narrow down to. I will say that I too heavily depend on EDH Rex sometimes just to see what is popular in decks. And I, if something is within budget and it makes for a really good card, uh, I almost certainly will include it on any potential list. So that's cool. That's interesting because I, I mean, in, in like my normal deck building, I definitely use EDH Rec. But in my Janklord deck building, I avoid it like the plague because it always seems like I find the perfect card for my deck. And then I'm like, oh, well, <laughs> this one's, you know, $20. That's not mm, going in the deck. Yep. Yeah, and I feel like I don't I don't like kind of specify specific cards when I'm going through the Rex. It's more of just like getting a feel for what like what I yeah. think the deck might play like and then be like, hmm, mm. let's work on that. That sounds fun. And then I'll just sit there and kind of pick out what I want to narrow down on my searches for keywords that makes sense and i just shoehorn my agenda into my deck mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> nice you, uh, <laughs> you are guilty of that i am 100 percent guilty of that that is my go-to <laughs> what do i want to do we're gonna do this <laughs> uh that's why five color decks are my favorite um sweet jake the snake you make for uh, good, a good a good question Next question, we're going to go to Hydra Queen. Uh, She says, if you guys have unlimited packs, even if they're fallen empires, doesn't this mean that you're all technically wealthy beyond reason? Like a metric ton of cardboard is $100 roughly. Is that right? Can we fact check that? (laughs) hundred dollars roughly so that puts an actual price on it other than like tcg player which is inaccurate as no one would buy the singles um i mean law of economics i think dictates that at a certain point you just there's no market for these things anymore so you could have all i mean even if you just burnt the cardboard and made charcoal out of it. There's only Ooh, so much charcoal idea. you can sell. I think what also... Ha- we need to start thinking of we... alternative uses for our infinite cards. Yeah. <laughs> I was going <laughs> to say, just what use have we for wealth? We live in a dungeon. Our needs are taken care of. Maybe At not At that point, kindly. though, like, doesn't it become a distribution technical like right, the like distribution challenge i don't know if we'd be place. able to get it out of the dungeon i don't know if the yes, demon ever exactly. said we so, could take it out of the dungeon right <laughs> but we, we i have whoever so. is the victor and gets out of the dungeon they carry many many boxes of fallen empires with them and they get to the real world and they just like imagine one of the jank lords imagine us trying to go with boxes of fallen <laughs> empires to a game store and being like hey you want to buy some cards <laughs> you want to <laughs> buy my cards <laughs> uh yeah um i think i don't think that it's feasible to get what did you say wealthy beyond reason off of fallen empires in short we are 
uh, very poor and stupid. <laughs> very, very all stupid. the above, <laughs> very much so. All right, Hydra Queen. It was a good question. Uh, Turbo Tuba Hero Tuba Hero. Which non-jank greater than 79 cents Ooh. commander is your favorite to play and why? Um, I think we should clarify that our commanders go up to like a dollar, I think. And the rest of the cards are 79 cents. Those are kind of, that's like the official rule. Is that right? I, is I that right? So. I think we've, no, I think I, we've made yeah. an exception before, but I don't think... Oh, okay. Okay. Well, for a Halloween you know, episode, we we moved the decimal point and opened up the field to include a lot bigger list of cards, and that's how I ended up with Gitrog Monster, who oh, is oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, okay, not at all a seventy nine cent card. Do you know what I'm thinking of? I'm thinking of when we go to the source. Oh, gotcha. Some of those cards are listed oh, at a dollar yeah, there. You're right. You're right. Because I think that's their minimum price. Mm-hmm. for a commander yeah. i could be wrong about that or it's like 50 cents and then a dollar but like the tzg mid price is still 79 cents yeah. or less i think that's what that i was thinking sense. okay so never mind don't listen to me i don't even know the rules uh <laughs> so to round it back around uh one of my favorite personal decks to play is omnath locus of rage the red green omnath i've had it the longest i've had it for like seven or eight years, six or seven years now. Um, and I love green and I love playing lands and digging lands out of my deck. Yes, you do. (laughs) And Omnath will certainly make that happen. Yes. So that's my favorite. Yeah. It's funny because that's like what, that was like your second deck or your, it was my second, my first deck deck was, uh, the Tristani from, that's right. Yes. Second, uh, Ravnica, the four seven that gained life off of butts and off of butts, <laughs> but more than life. And it was awful. It was it my was. first attempt at my building first a deck. deck was was Bruna, and it was equally awful. And we played those together. And then yes. my second deck is also my favorite deck to play, which is Narset, the the Enlightened Master. Oh. Uh, nobody likes to play against it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I love it. (laughs) Although recently, I like I said, I've really been loving Vanifar. I love Vanifar. Mm -hmm. She's she's Bay. Timmy, what's your favorite commander Hmm. outside of Jank? Um, that's a hard question. Yeah, like maybe it is a hard question. The one that I that I've kept around the most or the longest without modifying it too much is Najila. Mm. And I like that one just because it strikes fear in your hearts. It does. It I does. Hate it. I hate it's that. like my only deck that you guys are actually <laughs> we all scared of. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's like similar to Narset. I love playing Narset. Nobody wants <laughs> playing against it. Yeah. You love Najila. None of us like playing against Najila. It's true. I remember one one game was uh with Daniel, I believe. I only had like three mana up and I got like mana screwed and I still just trounced them. Just being yeah. honest. Yeah. <laughs> did did you guys, uh, on Gavin Verhey's latest um, episode on his YouTube, he, he named the five cards that he regrets making. I saw that. Najila's was number two, I think. Yeah. What was number two? Najila. Oh, Najila was number two. Nice. Yeah, number one was Edgar Markov. Mm. Yeah. I like he he likes Najila. I think he just wishes that the tokens didn't trigger her ability. Yes. And they yeah. can only or that she was down to like one a turn. Yeah. yeah. But Gavin, you brought this upon yeah. us, and Tim's okay with that. So I am definitely Tim likes it. definitely okay with that. <laughs> Tim loves that character. Gavin, you delivered it into Tim's lap, and you brought the wrath upon us. <laughs> hey, I only I only us. bring that deck out when I've been slaughtered enough times that I need a pick <laughs> by Narset, probably. <laughs> um, Danny, oh, yes. do you have a favorite? Um, 
right now, for a long time, it was Kalia. Um, mm. But I think right now, honestly, I think it's Yuriko. Oh, oh that's yeah. a fun one. Yeah. That was an honorable mention, wasn't it? Uh, he well, he, he, it was one of his top five, actually, yeah. Top that's five right. ones yeah. that he regretted yeah. or liked? Regretted, yes. Yeah, because of the uh, <laughs> circumvention of the commander tax. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Which, which oh, get, sure. I, that I makes sense. It, yeah. But even without that, I would enjoy it. Um, I I didn't watch the episode, but was Urza on there? No. 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 Okay. Maybe Gavin didn't design oh, Urza. Right, I'm not right, sure. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I really like Yuriko. I like, um, I don't know. It's. I like hurting everyone equally at once. Like, it's just fun. <laughs> Make everybody your yeah, enemy. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Tuba Hero. Thanks for the question. Mm-hmm. Ryan V has our next one. Um, this is another kind of lorish question that maybe Dan can answer. I don't know. Um, is the Wheelmaster a demon? denizen of wherever our boy oh, wherever our boys are or is the wheelmaster just a captive of the demon um i think this is one i'm gonna have to throw to the wheelmaster i have no idea wheelmaster are you a demon that's what i thought okay yeah that, yeah. that, that, that clears that out um Ryan V, I hope that answered all your questions. <laughs> Let's see here. Next question is comes from comes from Christian S. What have been the most fun decks to play so far? Mm. I've got my answer queued up. I thought about this. My favorite deck to pilot was Seton, Crocyon uh, Protector, because he kind of came out of left field as a Jake commander. Like, really, you look at him at face value and it's pretty evident to see how like busted he could potentially be but on a budget it's like uh that seems like it would be greatly reduced druids are printed ad infinitum like there are so many druids and that deck was spectacular to pilot it made tons and tons of mana and uh it's green so for me that was my favorite deck that i piloted also it came from being way behind Yes, yeah. Like being reset, yeah. I can't think of my favorite jank deck. I think mine was maybe Odric. Oh, yeah. Because I just felt like I I knew exactly what I wanted to do with it, and he can be made pretty powerful with a budget. That being said... He just cares about keywords, and there's tons of, of cheap creatures that have a lot of keywords on them so yeah that was i mean the deck. whole my deck was built on trying as much as possible to get everything to have indestructible and then i had a bunch of board wipes that specifically said destroy all creatures instead of exiling nice because i just <laughs> desperately wanted to give all my creatures indestructibility and then just wipe out everybody else's stuff <laughs> and just, that's a good strategy it, that's a great strategy it hasn't happened yet <laughs> oh, even, even, I, in no, pa- even in no, times since that's i have funny. not accomplished it but i still keep Never. it because i want it to happen <laughs> so, it, once you make that happen then i can get rid of it. it then you can dismantle <laughs> it nice um i think one of my favorite decks is actually one that i still have um which is kind of a question uh one of our next questions but uh oh what's his name the the n- that one, Naya. I was thinking Naya. Girid, the Conclave, the Console, Exile, Con- Conclave, Exile. Uh, that one was that one's super fun. I I didn't know I liked making tokens so much, but they're fun. It's fun when they're cool, like big tokens, and yeah. they like make a splash. Like that's fun. It it was a really fun deck to play, and I and I kept it. Was that the one where we took the precons and changed them? Okay. Yes, we yes. took the precons, and then the demon sold our. Oh, most expensive cards right, of the deck right. and we had to replace <laughs> yeah, them that's right. yeah he 
<laughs> he wasn't gonna let that value no, go. No. <laughs> I, yeah. Um. I feel like so. Hmm, I. I feel like I have like three favorites. No, maybe two. Ooh. Maybe two. I don't know. There have been some that I really thought I would like, but because I only played one game with them and they didn't work out, it was like, I don't fully know. But, I mean, the first one, t- Tomorrow, is Zombies Familiar, is, always say, like, yeah. Yeah. is like a beloved deck to me, which, again, answering the next question, I I kept that one, and it, now it's very different in terms of it's like got a bunch of expensive blue cards in it kind of a thing, or not jank anyways. Um but recently, I really did. I enjoyed uh, playing Grackma. It was like, because mm. it was finally a commander where I was like, usually I'm trying to do something stupid. Um, <laughs> and this one, I was just like, I'm going to build, I'm going to, you know, the leader idea where it's like, I'm going to build a Grackma deck. And it like, it was really fun to pilot something that was actually firing on all cylinders. Um Oh, that's the best. Yeah. yeah. Really when good. when a deck comes together. Yeah. That's awesome. So I really I had a lot of fun doing that. You had a third, you said? Uh oh, uh Malfagor. I love I love that. I just saw that all the, all the it was like in between like there's a bunch of demons and it's like flavorful, but also it was like <laughs> kind of kind of strong. Uh, um It was. And you almost got that crazy I, enchantment I did, to work. Yeah, the 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 demon win con, yeah. Yeah. I still nice. have that one too. Nice. Keep you keep got to keep those fun oh, yeah. ones. So uh, that's so. Our next question is is that what decks that were made for the show have you decided to keep for your collection? And that one comes from Patrick Dunn. So I've kept Geared. I think I've. Um, I think that's is that the only one I've kept? That can't be right. I have kept um, Get Rock Monster because it's so powerful, and I have not changed the de- the deck at all uh, since building it for the episode, the Halloween episode, where I had the best costume. And <laughs> I also kept Tashar until very recently, um, but I won't say more than that for right now. Oh, that's right. Ooh. Ooh. Tim, did you keep any of your decks? Mm, the only, the only ones that I can remember right now, I have Padim and Odric sitting around. Oh, that's nice. right. You did say yeah. Odric. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. Yeah, Padim. Yeah, that's fun. Oh, I have Teneb still. The yeah, the Teamer guy. I still have that. Or not Teneb. Intet. Intet the Dreamer. I still have that lying around. I wanted to make some changes to it, but maybe I'll maybe I'll keep it pure at this point. Uh, Patrick Dunn, there it is. We made the we kept those decks. So um, next question is going to come from. Looks like this is a Ryan V question. Who is the demon? Question mark. That's it. Who's the demon? The demon is the demon. Right? Yeah, I don't know what else to say about that. Yeah. I don't even... We don't even know. We shouldn't pursue this line of questioning any further, honestly. I think think you're right, Joe. And because of that, we're going to move to our next question, which comes from Slyn Voda. Uh, Mr. Slyn, you asked, do you guys still have the pre-release Slyn Voda that I sent you guys to sign, along with my asterisk terrible asterisk artwork slin we do uh it's been far too long and i am deeply sorry that it has taken us this long to get you that special card back and the next time that we are all together i promise you we will get it signed and sent off because we love you so next question from Viral Niravar. That's a that's kind of a, a little tongue twister there. I like it. When can we expect Wheelmaster's Cookbook Volume 2? Also, when he talks about doing a cooking segment with Asmo. Wheelmaster, we getting a, a number two? 
Bosco Dorgo, Dosco Bargo, Uspardo Cosco Dorgo. Martha Stewart, no way. That's dope. I love it. That's crazy. <laughs> uh, love it. So I think we have time for one more question here. Um, this one comes from Nick Kozilek. And I think the demon can answer it. Uh, because only the demon knows. Demon, when is your birthday? Nick, that's so sweet of you to think of me. This question is complicated. In the realm from whence I come, time is stretched and strangled. It has no meaning as it does here. I am ageless, yet begotten. Were I to attempt to explain my name day, it would melt your human brain. So, I'll just make one up. Since all the other demons and devils seem to think Halloween is... The greatest thing ever. Why don't you celebrate my birthday on Christmas? Until you a demon is born. <laughs> How's that? Too sacrilegious? Anyway, thanks for thinking of me. And thank you to everyone who submitted a question. If we didn't get to yours, fear not. The Wheelmaster's keeping them all in a rotten little tomb. The dude's allotted time is over. They must be returned to their chambers. But if you enjoyed this podcast, I'd be willing to let them do it again. Let us know in the comments. And if you didn't like it, good. Pod. 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 Pod.